Welcome to DGEN Talk. I'm here with Yuval today. We're going to talk about the English Premier League, the upcoming season, and some of the acquisitions that have taken place in the offseason. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thanks. And I want to thank you for coming on because there have been some real mega acquisitions and a lot of money going around. And I think it's mostly with the two Manchester teams. Yeah. All right. What, in your opinion, what are some of the most significant acquisitions that have happened in the off season? Well, as you said, the Manchester clubs are, you know, really dominating the transfer market. Even though other clubs, um, even London-based clubs, are making some important signings, Manchester clubs are really, you know, Manchester City and Manchester United are both dominating the market, and that's due to the philosophies of both coaches, both new coaches, Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho, uh, for Manchester City and Manchester United, respectively. Uh, so let's start with the big boy, you know, the the most hyped up player really uh, in the history of football. Literally, uh, Paul Pogba came back to Manchester United at the age of 23 for a, a world record, a history-breaking fee of 89 million pounds, which is 104 million euros. Uh, and in my opinion, it's 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 an overpayment. Uh, that's not saying that Paul Pogba isn't an excellent uh, centre mid. It's just if you want to pay that much money for a player, he has to score at least 20 goals every season and 15 assists every season. That kind of money is crazy. Um, and yeah, I just want to. Are there some teams that don't even have the budget of 104 euros? I'm pretty sure, yeah. 104 million, excuse me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Million, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's really nuts. Uh, it's, that, like, he's going to have to really produce to uh to do anything do you think that um they really got got him uh paid that much to produce or you think they just took him so nobody else gets him well I, the main competition that manchester united had is real madrid and the second that manchester united started spending these you know this much cash in the region of 89 million pounds real madrid immediately saw that and thought to themselves well that's way too much uh, they've already spent a lot of money for Gareth Bale, which was the previous world record fee. Uh, so you know, they even though they have the finances, they you know they don't need them because their midfield is already pretty solid. But Manchester United's midfield is an, is a bit of a weakened spot after David Moyes and uh, Louis Van Gaal. So the acquisition of Paul Pogba is very very smart. Uh, but if they could do it at a much lower fee, then that would have been even more smart. But 89 million pounds is way too much. And you know, when you spend up, when you spend that kind of money on a player uh, in Paul Pogba's caliber, you expect him to deliver. So you know, theoretically, I don't know if he really feels it, but he has a lot of weight on his shoulders, and we'll just have to wait and see how he performs. All right, uh, tell us about your next uh, significant acquisition in the off season. Well, to the next uh, next question, I'm going to go over to London. I'm going to talk about N'Golo Kante moving to Chelsea for 32 million pounds. Um, this was uh, one of the very first acquisitions of the of the transfer window, and it's one of the biggest ones as well. Uh, Kante just made a name for himself uh, after Ranieri stole him up from uh, SM Kain, I, I believe, in a uh, league on in France, and he became possibly one of the best CDMs in the league, if not the best CDM in the league after last season. And every every single Premier League fan saw that. And uh, Antonio Conte, who is the new Chelsea manager, saw that as well, and he snatched him up. And that's a very, very smart acquisition uh, for Chelsea. Not only, is, uh, not only is Conte a very defensive-minded 
coach. You can see it from his uh, campaign with Italy in the Euros. He was very, very good defensively. Uh, and whether you watch or not the Euros, you know, you, if you look at Italy's, at Italy's scores during the Euros, you see how solid they are defensively. So Conte and Kante really do uh, mash up in their philosophies as both player and coach. Uh, so that's a very smart acquisition. And for 32 uh, million pounds, that's also a very nice sort of bargain. Uh, it's not necessarily a bargain because after all, it is 32 million pounds. But it's for a player of N'Golo Kante's caliber after his sort of debut season in the Premier League, it's, it's, it's a steal. So it's a very smart, uh, very smart acquisition from Conte. All right. Yeah, definitely. Italy played really good defense in the Euro. And uh, I definitely agree with what you're saying about that. All right, any other uh, acquisitions that happened that you'd like to talk about? Uh, well, you know, the the third acquisition is going straight back to Manchester, and we're talking about Zlatan. Um, he, even though he's 34 and he's going to be 35 very, very soon, he's still one of the greatest strikers in the history of football. And he came for free from Paris Saint-Germain, which is pretty pretty crazy because Zlatan, even at his early stages, he's worth 20 million pounds, maybe even more. Uh, and for a player in 34 years years of age, you can you know just from that stat, you can really see how much he you know. I, I want to compare him to Wine because he's really gotten better with the years, and it's it's incredible that the that you know Mourinho managed to get him for free. Uh, because Manchester United is now at a rebuilding mode after both Moyes and Louis van Gaal somehow destroyed the club. Uh, and Mourinho came in and bought Ibrahimovic, bought Pogba, bought Mkhitaryan as well, which I think is a very excellent acquisition. Uh, but Ibrahimovic is really one of the missing pieces they had because uh, Rashford did show some sort you know, of future to the club, uh, and he's only 19, so you know he's he's very good moving forward. But for now. The fact that they managed to bring in a striker in the caliber of Zlatan Ibrahimovic over to Manchester United for free is pretty, pretty mind-boggling, and it's a very nice acquisition. Even though he, he's not going to score too much, in my opinion, uh, he's going to be a very important figure in Manchester United's lineup. All right, yeah, I like your uh, your analogy. I mean, you got free wine uh, that's been aged <laughs> versus uh, eighty nine million pound, uh, you know wine of this year pretty much so <laughs> yeah. it's a it's an interesting comparison looking over here at the odds to win the league outright and you know the bookmakers have it out as a battle between the two manchester teams um you mentioned chelsea uh they are paying 7.5 to win uh that looks like it could be a good uh, middle of the middle of the field bet there, Chelsea. What do you think? Do you think that one of the Manchester teams is going to take it, or do you think that um, they've overspent and the guys are going to be under so much pressure that maybe one of these other teams could uh, could come up with it? Well, um, the Manchester clubs are heavy favorites to win the season, either of them, uh, because of how much money they spent and of the acquisitions that they got. Uh, and the bigger part of it is their managers. They have two of the best managers in the world, which is pretty crazy. Uh, so, you know, football is really back in Manchester. And it's a, it's a thing that even as an Arsenal fan, it's nice to watch uh, because Manchester clubs have been disregarded as of late, apart from Man City's uh, title win a few years back. Uh, but it's not necessarily a head-to-head -head match of the two titans in Manchester. 
Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, and even Liverpool all have the chances to impact the result uh, because Liverpool made very smart acquisitions as well under Jurgen Klopp, bringing in Joel Matip for free, uh, bringing in Sadio Mane, which I think they paid a lot of money. I don't remember the exact fee, uh, but he, you know, he really impressed in the preseason. They also brought in Wijnaldum from uh, the recently relegated Newcastle. Uh, Arsenal are a bit quiet on this window transfer. They brought in Granit Xhaka and some youngster named Rob Holding, which hasn't impressed me too much. Uh, but now there have, there have been talks of them buying uh, Shkordan Mustafi from Valencia. Uh, so that might be a very uh, important uh, inquisition for them. But this really isn't a head-to-head -head clash between the titans of English football, so to speak. This, this season is going to be more competitive than ever, in my opinion. And just the fact that the two Manchester clubs bought and, you know, spent that much money shows that they have the intent of, you know, bringing being back on top of the Premier League because Manchester United currently holds the record for most Premier League titles won. And, you know, most of those titles have been under the legendary Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson. And I'm sure that Jose Mourinho would like to bring back the Alex Ferguson days uh, and, you know, make the David Moyes and Louis van Gaal days behind the club. Uh, but this, no, I, I don't agree with the bookies, so to speak. I do think that the, the Manchester clubs are heavy favorites. But as you can see, the four clubs uh, after them are also, in my opinion, have a very, very heavy chance of winning this uh, the league this season. All right. Yeah, I think I'm definitely with you. That's just too much. 3.25. That's not really worth it for futures bet like that and uh yeah like you said uh, the liverpool chelsea those are great odds uh for them to win or even uh tottingham so that's definitely okay so if you had to pick a top goal scorer for the season who would it be i'm gonna stick with one of my most favorite strikers in history of the premier league and go with sergio aguero um, in my opinion, he's the best striker in the Premier League, even with the likes of Harry Kane really impressing and with Zlatan Mihamovic probably being a very big challenge for Aguero. I think that Aguero is going to come out on top. Last year, Harry Kane became the first English, um, the first English gold, no, uh, golden boot winner since the 1990s or something. I don't remember, since the early 2000s perhaps. Uh, so that says something about the lack of English uh, striker quality in, uh, in the Premier League. Uh, but I think that Aguero will just take off that um, that record again and bring back the the Golden Boot Award to the foreigners because he is in a very young Manchester City team. Even though uh, the acquisition of Nolito is a bit of an older acquisition, he's 29 years old. Uh, so that's you know that's a bit of a of an imbalance between the youngsters and the old uh, old players. But Aguero is, in my opinion, going to be the main goal scorer because A, he's arguably the best striker in the Premier League, as I said before, and B, he's going to get balls in from two very highly rated attacking players, attacking midfielders, in my opinion, David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne is coming off one of the better uh, Euros performances, even though he, even though Belgium themselves didn't really you know, play very well. Uh, I think Kevin De Bruyne had a very solid Euros campaign, and he had a splendid debut campaign in, with Manchester City last season. Uh, and David Silva is really the brains of the attack of Manchester City. So in my opinion, Aguero, with that help, especially from Nolito and David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne, he's going to be the top goal scorer. He's going to get balls coming in. 
uh, from all the directions on the field, really. He can make runs by himself. Uh, he's a very dangerous striker, and I think that he's going to come out on top. All right. And uh, if you had to pick a dark horse, you know, last year there was a big upset. Uh, you know, here I have, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not even showing all of the teams, but, um, you know, if you had to pick from some of the higher odd teams like Stoke or Southampton or something like that, who do you think out of the real underdogs has a shot, if anyone? A shot at winning the title? Yeah, a shot at winning the title. Um, well, I'll have to say West Ham, to be honest. Uh, their odds are, you know, they're not, I, I can't say ridiculous because they don't really have the chance of winning, but West Ham have a very solid squad when you look at it. Uh, Slavin Bilic is really impressed in his first season with the, with the squad, bringing in Dimitri Payet, which is considered one of the better players in the Premier League. And uh, West Ham really have the chance to surprise players. You've seen it from uh, the 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 entire campaign of last season, and they really did impress against Arsenal in the opening fixture uh, last season when they won 2-0. Uh, but that was more of a weak Arsenal performance rather than a strong West Ham performance. But really, West Ham United have a lot of potential. Uh, they have very good players in the like of Dimitri Payet, and they have rumors circulating with Carlos Baca that he might be joining, but I can't really confirm that. Uh, but West Ham, out of all the higher odded teams, really have the chance to somewhat contend for perhaps a Champions League spot or even a Europa League spot. All right, thanks a lot. Okay, if we want to get in touch with you, how can we do that? Well, I have a new Twitter account. It's Jaka the Savior. It's H Z H A K A the Savior. All right, excellent. And you can also talk to us in the Telegram sports betting chat. That is telegram.me slash sportsbet. This is Theo Goodman from dgenbet.com and bitcoinist.net. Thanks a lot for wa watching. Make sure to subscribe, give us a thumbs up, and put your comments below.